Hi, I'm Gerald Bentley. This is Las Vegas Wrestling Scene Confidential, LVWS. Today, we're joined by the Grizzly himself, although formerly a beaver, Cal Jacks. Cal, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. No, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, hey, um, large man. <laughs> um, I've seen 6'8", six, 6'7". You'll you'll answer to any of those, right? You know, I think um six six is kind of more my wheelhouse. Six seven, six, six, six eight. Okay. It's a little too tall. Um maybe a tad too tall. I'm a, I'm six six. Well, with the boots on, you know. I'm uh, sure, sure. barely six feet and I know in uh college sports they measured me out to six two. <laughs> and hey, uh that, that works that didn't happen. Now hey, we're talking with Cal Jack and if you're familiar with him, you've seen him before in NXT. I've seen you in a few blood sport matches. I was just checking that out recently in FSW, uh, kind of facing off a few times against Brett the Threat. And really all over. But I definitely wanted to start out by talking because we don't get a lot of people on initially who were accomplished, legitimately accomplished amateur wrestlers and former Pac-12 champion, former NCAA All-American. Your time wrestling in, in high school and in college with the Oregon State Beavers, how does that translate over into pro wrestling? How, how much did it help you get started? You know, I think um, it it's tough to say because when I got signed to a developmental deal with WWE, I... It really, I had to start from scratch because I wasn't a huge pro wrestling fan coming into <clears throat> developmental. So I kind of had to learn how to love it. And then I really had to start from the ground up because everything about pro wrestling is about making everything bigger. It's about showing personality. It's about showing charisma. And then the moves come. Mm -hmm. So I literally had to, I, I didn't know how to do anything. So it the translation from college athlete to pro wrestler WWE NXT wrestler it, it was a huge stepping stone for me because then it, it comes from you have this shoot background as they say you're this yeah. accomplished amateur and then all that kind of has to not go out the window it just has to be set aside until you could figure out what you are in the ring and then you could bring that side back once you understand how to do everything so that was the thing with me is when I got signed with the developmental deal I had to kind of take everything I know as an amateur and put it in the, on the side and then learn, learn everything as a pro wrestler. And then once I kind of established myself as a pro wrestler, I was able to implement all the things I did in college and make it more of a pro wrestling-esque style. Well, that, that makes sense because you're in amateur wrestling. You see somebody open up, your immediate reaction is, okay, take them down. In amateur Yo, wrestling, sure. if... People aren't familiar with watching it. It's not a one, two, three. It's one. Done. Match is over. Yeah. Yep. So it's yep. it's an amazingly different. I guess outside of just the athleticism and the cardio, really probably not a lot of direct translation at all. It it well, I mean, if you can find like the one thing about me when I was a college wrestler and a high school wrestler, I was really good at um kind of capturing the moment so to speak and i was i had some pretty big isk throw style moves and then i've been able to take those type of moves and implement them into my pro wrestling and then able to i actually had to go back and find footage of stuff i used to do and then make it translate into pro wrestling uh -huh. so it i had to do a lot of that kind of study and the thing is no one no one's going to be able to to teach me that that's something that I had to learn on my own. Uh, you can get maybe a couple small suggestions, but really like I had to kind of relearn those things through myself. And that's one thing that like when I went to FSW and I wrestled Brett, the threat, uh, this, there's a little, I think some people got, they had no idea how well I was able to make it look more realistic as a shoot because I wrestled Brett as my shoot college wrestling style and people, yeah. he's got a chip on his shoulder. I'm like, no, that's just, that's just how I wrestled in college. Yeah, you guys just, you know, just thought it was hilarious. So I was able to kind of bring that style back into that match. 
and especially with our, our submission match we had. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's tough to say because some people, you know, they, they take to it really quickly and fast. Some, not so much. It took me not, not too long, but the translation between college athlete to pro wrestler, um, it's, you know, some, some people can do it better than others. I did, I did pretty well. And then once, I started doing things more on my own. It just, it all clicked for me. Sure. And then you can start pulling moves over because I mean, really a, a death Valley driver isn't that much different than a amateur fireman takedown. I mean, it's sure. Sure. Exactly. And yeah. You, how about the, the WWE experience? I mean, you were in there with some, some great talent, uh, juice Robinson, Baron yep. Corbin, yep. Angela Dawkins, what, what was the learning experience like in the WWE? How does that help you in your, maybe in your current role where working with dark arts, helping do some of the training with those guys? Do you, you see yourself I, um, pulling back from that time? You know, I, uh, I kind of think back to, I think the thing that I got, I want to reflect back now to those times. Cause it, they were my first six months of training and developmental were absolutely my favorite because we were not at the time at the performance center we were in tampa florida in uh when it was florida championship wrestling Mm -hmm. and you know it was very um very laid back you could be in that building as long as you want so there were times where i think we had like it was me maybe uh fulton uh, the time he was Travis Tyler, but his his name now is Dak Draper, Angelo okay. Dawkins, and I think we we did like a ten hour practice once, where we were just in there just working on stuff, trying stuff, and we just stayed in there. And then Norman Norman Smiley, the great Norman Smiley, who everyone says nothing but great things about, he he just he's an encyclopedia of of knowledge sure. of how to do pro wrestling better than anybody he's he's easily the number one coach they have so he's so well-rounded between the the british style the mexican lucha libre and japanese style and obviously the american style yeah so and wcw for quite a while yes yeah he was and having him um kind of just you know especially me as a guy who's who never did pro wrestling go in he was able to and he had an amateur wrestling background too which a lot of people don't know about so he was able to take stuff and make it easier for us to adapt. And he was just such a great coach. And the talent that I started out with, that's that's talent that's still there. You see, like sure. Braun, Strom, Braun Strowman, Chad Gable, uh, like you said, Angelo Dawkins, Baron Corbin. Um, I keep, who else was around? Uh, Montez Ford, um, Uha, not Uha, but Apollo Cruz. Like those are all guys that I, I broke in training with. And did a lot of stuff with, you know, he's not there anymore, but I'm going to see him in a couple of weeks, uh, Kalisto. So, oh, sure. yeah. Uh, and that, the thing is what I, and it's funny because a lot of guys don't know that I'm, I know how to do technical wrestling. I know how to do holds. I know how to call spots. And, you know, it's funny enough, like you may not see my character do that kind of style of wrestling, but I, I know how to do it. Um, that's the one thing I do at dark arts. And like, I love, the the crew we have over there and the students we don't have a lot of students but i said from the get-go i'm not looking for 30 or 20 kids to sit on the peanut gallery i like having maybe five or six students that are hungry that we can get that one-on-one time with and we can you know fizzle out the kids that may or may not be exactly the the right material so to speak and just get some good hard workers and just build them up and that's the thing that we do at Dark Arts is we we build up the the few talent that we have. And right now, everyone we have working there, they're doing shows. They're staying active. They're staying busy. And that's, that's what we want. Yeah, we don't. We're not holding anyone back. We're not. And the thing is, we're like, my big thing is, I'll I'll get people opportunity, and then it's up to them to keep their opportunities. So that's been all of our our big thing is we'll get you there, but it's up to you to stay there. Well, that that's something that comes true from amateur wrestling, right? You have yeah, to yep. you have to grab that opportunity because it, it's not easy. I mean, when you're in high school, you're doing eight hours a day and just going for it, and then 
you have your matches, your challenge matches to see if you're even in the tournament or even in the dual mate. So that attitude can kind of come over because if you're going to make it as a pro wrestler, you do have to have that determination and that willingness to go in there and grind and, and really work because outside of the few people that are getting pulled out from an NCAA contract, like uh, NCAA wrestling, like a Gable Stevenson, you kind of get in there and go, you got to earn it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and the thing that people have to realize is this pro wrestling is not fair. Things happen, injuries happen, life happens. So you really have to take advantage of the opportunity and the time you have. And if, you know, let's say you, things don't go right or they don't go your way, the last thing you need to do is be hung up on it. And there's been times I've been hung up on some stuff. And you, you really just, you can't take anything personal. If, if you get the right opportunities and the, the right chances and things time out perfectly for you, then all, all power to you. And that's why I always tell the, the students that I work with, I say, hey, if you get the opportunity, the chance, take advantage of it. If things don't seem to be coming your way, maybe change some things, you know, mm -hmm. see what see what works. And if some things don't seem to work, then maybe take a break, take a couple steps back and then try to jump back forward into it. And that's um, that's been our approach with Dark Arts. And it's and we're, we're still it's still a working progress on a lot of things that we're trying to do. But I'm, right now, I'm pretty happy with the progress that I've seen with not just the students, but with the other guys that work with us and even some of the guys that come come to our shows that wrestle with us you know so it's been a lot of fun what kind of makes the dark arts house style if you will different than some of the other promotions in the area around the west coast i think the thing and this is this is me saying it and i this is the truth i'm the one of the few trainers who just came out of developmental not not recently but who came out of developmental who also has a real wrestling background, who's an All-American, and not to mention, I am a teacher. So you combine having developmental training, um, being an All-American wrestler, to training MMA at some of the gyms around here, along with jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. and stuff, and who's also a teacher. That's four things. And not to mention, Super Beast, you know, he, he, he did the Army, and Super Beast is a you know, obviously he knows he's part of the bodybuilding world. So he understands fitness and nutrition. And he has, he has a striking background as well. He's done tons of pad work and he has trained in MMA. And then Steven Trezario, he came out of the first, he came out of Stoner U, but the people he trained it with was Mansoor and Shotzi. And he was, you know, he's right there with those guys. So we, we have a solid um, coaching little group and you know we don't step over each other we, we have a good little unit and I, and also it's it's it, the thing is what's great is like vegas has great pro wrestling coaches and trainers and it's you can and that's what i like about it is you can go anywhere and train and it's a good little spot you can go to fsw yeah. amazing coaches versus has good coaches so it's a good well-rounded area to learn pro wrestling whether anywhere you go it's if it's dark arts fsw versus you know there really isn't a bad option for anyone well and it, it's a great community because everybody seems to work together and everybody seems to be despite being at different companies really pretty close-knit which i think allows people to build more of a hybrid style uh, just like uh, you uh, said they're yeah, getting yeah. pro and, training, and mma yeah, go good mix no you're good mm -hmm. and i was gonna say like and the thing is we're we we're not a uh, we're not a school we're a training compound and what that means is we just train i train i don't i go teach but i i train and wrestle with everyone i don't i don't stand on the side of the ring and bark orders like i'm in there i practice what i preach so it's and i i do everything with the students i do the cardio i do the technique i do the training and then you know the cool thing is like Super Beast will chime in, we do what he says. Stevie will chime in, we do what he says. If there's something that somebody doesn't know, we all work on it. That way, we all stay well rounded. That's why we're not we're not a school, we're a training place. And like anyone can come train with us. It doesn't matter if you're FSW versus Santino's, West Coast Pro, uh, Best of the West. It we don't care. You can anyone's allowed to come roll around with us. I we don't 
we don't say, oh, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can't do this and that because we're whatever. It's like, no, we, we just train. I like training. And the only way you get better at pro wrestling is if you have different bodies and different type of people to work with. That makes you more well-rounded. It makes you more mm-hmm. adaptable. It gives you a better skill set. And the thing that I take pride in as a wrestler, I can wrestle a guy who's small, very small. I can wrestle a guy who's bigger than me, like 500 pounds. And I, I will have something to do to adapt to whatever style it is, whether it's Lucha Libre, European, Japanese. It, it doesn't matter to me. Well, and that's pulling in the styles make fights. If you only know one style, you're going to have some pretty dull fights if it's not that style because, you know, you can only chop so much. Eventually, you got to do something. Yep, absolutely. What event, what, I know what eventually got you in there. What got you into professional wrestling? Well, as I watched as a kid, but I wasn't like a super fan. I just, I, I watched it on occasion. I didn't. You know, it's tough because when you come from the world as a, a collegiate wrestler, you know, we we don't show emotions. We're very stoic. We try to keep things bottled up. And, you know, pro wrestling is the, the complete opposite. Exactly. Sure. So it, it wasn't until Gerald Briscoe approached me my sophomore year in college when he came to my conference tournament. And he was already there scouting for other heavyweights. He was, you know, and he saw me and he saw a guy who had a lot of charisma and passion. I think in my semis match, I was wrestling a guy who I wrestled a few times and I threw the guy with like a body lock that you, you may have seen me throw a couple body locks and pro wrestling through him. Similar body lock, popped the guy over, pinned him, did a big fist pump. And I think Gerald Briscoe knew he's like, that guy's got something right there. So he came up to me after the tournament and said, hey, kid, I like uh, I like what you do out there. And he gave me his card, gave me a little WWE card. I thought that was really cool. I kept it in my wallet. Yeah. And he said, if you ever become an All-American, you uh, you let me know. and We'll get you a tryout for WWE. And I said, that's very cool. So after my senior year, we kept in touch. Um, he brought me into Tampa. I did a tryout with the WWE along with a bunch of talent. I think at the tryout we had myself, uh, Dax Hardwood, uh, Sami Zayn, um, Angelo Dawkins, Sawyer Fulton, uh, Travis Tyler, who's now Dak Draper. We had a few of Sasha Banks. Um, okay. I think we had, I think a couple other ones. I'm not, I can't really recall off the top of my head. Um, but I think we had maybe out of 20 people, 10 people got signed. That's so a lot of it, names. It, it was a big group that got signed out of it. And it was cool to be art. And what was awesome on my uh, the last day of the tryout, they uh, they pulled me aside, and they're like, "Hey, we don't normally do this, but you're gonna get signed. So just just be you're gonna hear from us in a few months." And right when I heard that, I'm like, "I know exactly what I'm gonna do now." You know, I had something to do after college, which I was mm-hmm. really happy about. So I knew, and they never they don't do that anymore. I don't. They wouldn't do that now if I. If you know, they, they don't, they never do that. So it was cool that they pulled me aside and they said, yeah, you're going to get signed. So just be ready. Do you think there's an advantage to coming up into a developmental system like that versus going through the independence or is the best mix something like what you guys offer now with the experience at dark arts where you have somebody that's familiar with that system somebody who did submission somebody who did mma and you can really get a rounded rounded view of the sport if you will i think it depends i am um, i'm gonna look at i'm gonna pull from examples that like let's, i look at angelo dawkins for example dawkins didn't do any pro wrestling at all zero same as me he yeah. came out of um junior college straight to developmental for WWE and he didn't it took him like seven years in developmental to eventually get called up to the main roster roughly seven or six years which is a long long time in developmental they don't it right now it's like you have to two or three years then you have to get called up mm-hmm. but but I look at someone like let's say like solo Sika solo he cut his teeth at hard knocks. 
he cut his teeth at FSW mm-hmm. and immediately came there within one or two years. Boom, main roster, had something to give, storyline, bloodline. And I, I really think it just depends on the athlete. It depends on the person. Same with Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi trained out of Stoner U in Northern California, the Bay Area. She did the same thing. She was in the Indies for maybe five or six years, um, then got you know made to WDB. So it's like it takes it takes a certain amount of time before someone really figures out who and what they are in the business. Some people just figure out right away. So it 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 could be really you know it's really up to the person. There's really no right or wrong answer yeah. that I could give that could say this is better, this is the way. It, it depends on the athlete. Well, and, and your personality, right? How can you convey yourself? Because there's not people out there right now that are conveying themselves and generating that personality much more than a Sami Zayn or a Shotzi Blackheart are. So sure. that's definitely yeah, part yeah. of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that like, I remember in developmental, I think I probably watched like six or seven tryouts people had during my time in that three years. And the one thing that I noticed that was an ongoing theme is you have to be coachable. You have to have um, personality and you have to be likable. And obviously, I think having a personality and likable kind of go in the same thing. But as long as you're coachable, athletic, and have a personality, you're going to get signed. Um, if you if you lack one of those things, it's just not going to happen. So those were the, that was something that like I noticed. And if people ask me, Cal, what's something do I need? I'm like, hey, you need to be coachable. You need to follow directions. You can't butt heads with the trainers. There, you have to learn to do what the, you have to just learn to do what they want and then make it your own. Um, you have to have a personality, which so that people, you know, they can gravitate, gravitate towards you when you're on camera and they can find you relatable in some kind of way, or they find you interesting and you have to be athletic. You, you have to be able to do the things that they want you to do. If you, you, you can't step on your feet, you have to have good footwork. You have to be able to move around the ring in a way that, you know, you look like a pro. You have to be a, you have to have some kind of pro athlete quality in order to make it there. And that, those are the things that I've noticed. You have to have those three things to, yeah. in order to get signed. I think in any of the major promotions right now, because if Impact, they're touring around, they come to Vegas often, AEW's going, New Japan wrestling, just in Vegas recently, WWE, Ring of Honor, it looks like they're going to get fired up again starting in 23, there's no more just getting in the ring and plodding around a bit. I mean, you you have to go. And guys your size are doing uh, Tope Suicidas. Yeah, bless their heart. I don't know why they should. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I was... You're not, you're not out, doing those, huh? Well, I've, I'll do a shoulder block, but I'm not going to... If Here's what I think, and this is just my opinion. Yeah. If you can be a big guy and be athletic... But if you're going to be a big guy and you're going to do something like that, you better hope you're having at least three or four guys catch you. Especially like if you're my size at 6'6", 285 pounds. Because it would make zero sense for me to do a tope suicida on a guy who probably weighs under 200 pounds. Even that, 240. Why? So that's suspension of disbelief, that doesn't uh, hold too well. So the yeah, ring psychology like, is kind of out. Yeah, I would if if a if a three four hundred pound guy said that he's going to do that to me, I'm like, I'm just going to step to the side, buddy. There's no way I'm going to try to catch you unless I have some help or something. That's the part where I think there's a when people say big guys shouldn't be athletic. If that in that regard, yeah. So, um, but yeah, there are some big guys that can do some athletic stuff, but. Can they really wrestle? Not many. Not many know how to actually move like a real wrestler. You can do, anyone can do a backflip off the diving board, but not everybody can shoot underneath somebody and pick them up and slam them and make it look effortless. No, I mean, in terms of legitimate technical backgrounds, uh, you and Jake Hager are probably really close to the top of the list right now. I would say so. Yeah, that's that's a good comparison. 
Now, you did just mention to make something your own. Talking about making something your own, you're working on making your own promotion, I believe. Charter Pro Wrestling got a show coming up, 11-11-22. It all adds together. What is that? Uh, what's that going to be about? What's going to make Charter Pro Wrestling different? So, I um the way the main thing that I and I got to give I got to give props to uh, Ricky Tenacious with Big Valley Pro because him and sure. I talked about going to a school that we might teach at and then being able to bring pro wrestling. And he did a great job at Pinecrest Cadence, which I was on that show. And he talked to the AD. He was able to get a show there and he was able to make a fundraiser out of it. And I said, mm-hmm. yeah, you beat me. T- you beat me to it, Ricky. Um, so pretty much charter pro wrestling, uh, just another, another show to give people opportunity to work at. And I think Vegas as a whole is such a big populous area, but I've noticed that a lot of the places that we wrestle at, it's in kind of the same area. It's not like a lot like FSW is either in the um, the studio or they go to the silver nugget mm-hmm. um, versus is in the same, you know, that one point there were in the mall. Now they're in another spot kind of in that art district area. Same with dark arts. We, we are only in the nerd bar. So for me, I was like, well, if I want to do a pro wrestling show, I'd rather do it where we don't have the same casual Vegas fans. I'd rather bring pro wrestling to a school that maybe they're familiar with me. Maybe they're familiar with Ricky. Maybe they're familiar with somebody and we go there and we make it a fundraiser for, for in this case, I'm fundraising for the slam wrestling team. And okay. they have a great and they have a great wrestling program, and I'm I'm going to be one of the coaches this year at the high school, so it it's a kind of a cool little introduction for me and the wrestling team to do a fundraiser for them, and pretty much the reason why I call it Charter Pro is my goal is I just want to do shows in Las Vegas Charter School system. Okay, uh, the goal is to go to. Um, whatever charter school would like to have a pro wrestling show, go there, do a fundraiser for them and put on a great show for the kids and the family in the family, the community in the area. And so for example, slam the school it's in the Henderson area. So, and I don't see too many pro wrestling shows in Henderson. So being able to do a show in, in slam, which is a, a, it's a wrestling um, it's a wrestling school and fundraising for it. I'm hoping that it could bring a lot of people that aren't familiar with pro wrestling um, watching it. So it should so, be, it should be a cool, should be a fun show. So you're going to be coaching the, the amateur wrestling program. Is yes. That... I'm going to be one, okay. of, one of the coaches. One yeah, of the coaches. Yeah. And then they're also under the, under the tutelage at some points of, uh, the songbird of professional wrestling, Ricky Tenacious, huh? Yeah. So Ricky, Ricky also, he's a substitute teacher. So mm-hmm. he bounces around from school to school and he, he, no, by no, like we both have our <laughs> own separate things. Sure. But we have a, you know, so it's just funny that we both did the, uh, we're both trying to target charter schools and it makes sense. Charter schools are a lot easier to work with. It's tougher to do this kind of thing through the Clark County school district. Yeah. So being able to, and not to mention, like, being the fact that I am one of the teachers that work at SLAM, it, it's very nice to, you know, get us get a gymnasium, get a spot with bleachers and seats and everything, because that's really hard to come by mm-hmm. in Vegas. So I'm very fortunate that I get the opportunity to come to the, um, the high school and put a show on there. Very happy about that. Well, I think it'll be really neat, too, for the students to – to see you out there, see Ricky out there, and also benefit benefit directly from the returns, and I'm sure have a great night of entertainment. Get another get another avenue, get another chance for people to work because it really is a a big vibrant community of pro wrestlers in Las Vegas. Uh, just starting this show for LVWS, I've been surprised at just how active it is and how many how many people there are how many different promotions are going 
they just had the Hard Hat Lounge just opened up, and I, they did an all-night wrestling show. And then you had last weekend Impact Wrestling twice. FSW did their big show. Pride Style had a show. Grap House had a show. It, it's just really unique versus the rest of the country, and it, it gives everybody a chance to get out there and get seen, which I think is the most important part. And I think what's great about Vegas is it's it's slowly but surely it's getting there's more and more pro wrestling to be had. And I think the fact that the more wrestling there is, the more opportunities guys will get in the area. And that way, whatever the content or whatever matches they can get, that's going to give them more opportunities to you know, fly out and venture out of Vegas to do more shows, you know, mm-hmm. outside the state. And that's, I think that to me is probably the most important thing are guys that they get their reps in, they, they get their matches in, and then they're able to network and go connect with other promotions from all over the country. That to me, uh, I think is the biggest draw that guys should have in the Vegas wrestling scene. The last thing you want to do is, get complacent and think, Oh, I just need to wrestle in Vegas. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to venture out. You need to get those wrestling life experiences that you, you don't necessarily get if you say, if you stay in the same area, but if you get your reps, the more matches, the better. And then that can lead to other opportunities. That to me is, I think that should be the ultimate goal for everybody that lives in Vegas. Don't, don't stay for one promotion. Try to wrestle at every promotion. Try to network. Try to connect. Because there are other fans that are specifically only watching one promotion. And the more fans, the more people you can get eyes on you, the better it is for you and the better it is for the entire area for Vegas. Yeah, true. So kind of saying what happens in Vegas shouldn't necessarily stay in Vegas. Not Check for pro wrestling. Around. No, you need, to, you need to travel as much as you can. You got to network. You got to hustle, and it's it's best to get as much eyes on you because that's theoretically the more popular you get as a pro wrestler, the more opportunities you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I think that's some things that the guys need to understand. Don't don't, and that's why we're a training compound. We're not a school, so it's best for the guys to figure that out. Otherwise, it's like you know you don't want to be wrestling the same area for five to 10 years and not have anything new happen to you. And that, and that's, what's cool is about having, like you said, pride style, grab house, FSW, dark arts. Now we have obviously like big Valley pro. Now we yeah. have charter pro wrestling. And the, what's good is as long as all these promotions hit different areas of Vegas. And then when whoever gets that following, when they have another show, they'll bring fans to that promotion. Mm-hmm. If they go to another promotion, they'll bring fans to that promotion. And that's only going to build the pro wrestling area for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Build it up. Now, hey, I don't want to gloss over the teaching part because that's gotta, that has to have created a few unique interactions with uh, parents and, and with the kids. Uh, do the students ask you about uh, your wrestling career? Do they just ask you, hey, were you, are you a pro athlete? Just because of your size. I mean, you're you're an imposing guy. It's um it's funny because like when I was um when I'm teaching, I meet a parent or two. You know, I, I think there was there's always like, what is this? he does he has to do something else. And I get that all the time. I, yeah. I, I get that everywhere. And that's that's the one thing that like I don't wanna I'm not gonna gloat or anything but it, it does it does feel nice to know that I look like the typical pro wrestler, maybe from the old more so from now. And being that I am 6'6", 300 pounds, um, I stand out more so than your average pro wrestler nowadays. But uh, I get a lot of the questions I get um, are, hey, d- you know, did you, do you know this guy? Have you met John Cena? Have you met this person? Have you met that person? I'm like, yeah, I've met that person. I've met that person. And actually today, um, there was a high school student that came up to me and he goes, Mr. Jack, you were on breaking ground. I was like, yep, I was on breaking ground. He's like, I knew it. I, I, I love that. I'm like, oh, I, I was on that. And that happened today. And that was 
that was a kid that I never, I never told I was a pro wrestler. And then he, uh, he brought it up to me when I was in the office. So I was, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but you never know randomly, there'll be a, a kid or two that will remember me from my developmental days. So, uh, but yeah, occasionally I'll get it. Actually, there was a, this is kind of funny. There was a student today who was a little too rambunctious, a little, you know, a little all over the place. And we had to send him home. And the dean of discipline talked to the mom and said to the mom, hey, your son, he doesn't listen very well. Matter of fact, he doesn't listen to one of our teachers. And he's 6'6", 285 pounds, and he's a pro wrestler. And she's like, what? <laughs> so that happened today, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah, they, they should. So I, I get, I get, a, I, yeah, you know, you, you think that, but at five years old, everyone's big. Doesn't so. matter, yeah. It, does, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's great. Now, <laughs> talking about getting some different styles, when I did some research and you type your name into Google, almost immediately it pops up Bloodsport. What was it like competing in those matches? Because that's a different feel. That's that's another style altogether where you're really mixing in the pro wrestling, the MMA, submission, and a little more technical wrestling. To me, it's blood sports like a night off. Um, it's easy for me. I don't have to call anything. I can just go out there and just do what I do best. And that's just grappling. That's wrestling. That's good, given, you know, solid, safe hits. It's, it, it's so easy. A couple of big slams, a couple of gut wrenches. Whether the guy wants to get up or not, I don't care. And it's just a lot of fun. You know, it was, it was fun the first time I did it at the gathering in Indiana where I took on Eric hammer. Um, what, what a lot of people don't know is I, I slapped Eric hammer and I, you know, I had big hands. So I slapped him. I didn't slap him hard, but it was enough where he legit got knocked out for oh. a split for a split moment. And then he got back up and we kept going on with the match. And, uh, I had a great time at the last blood sport I did where it was in a warehouse. It was empty. And what's funny is blood sport. We do not mm -hmm. try to suspend disbelief blood sport. We legit try to go out there and dominate our opponent in a safe way. Um, you don't need the fans approval in blood sport. And we, in the empty warehouse, we didn't have anyone there cheering or booing or whatever. You just, you know, we couldn't hear anything. So we just went out there and we just worked and we just wrestled. And then, you know, we have Josh Barnett in the, um, in, you know, pretty much hiding out in the background. And you, if you get, if you gain his approval on the match, then that's bigger than having a bunch of fans, you know, cheer and give you a standing ovation. So it was a unique experience. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's we're I'm still kind of waiting on the whim to see if they do it again. I hope they do. If they invite me back, that'd be great. If not, yeah. whatever. But I will say this, and this isn't this is just me stating a fact. I am the only blood sport competitor um recently. I'm not gonna count Frank Mir and Dan Severn, but um who and maybe and Tom Lawler. But you know, I trained with the UFC heavyweight champ last year. Um, I worked with him on his wrestling, on his, you know, his MMA wrestling. Okay. And with Francis Nagano. So, you know, nobody else from Bloodsport who actually, to be honest, no one from Bloodsport has trained um, with the UFC heavyweight champ who's trained with actually two UFC heavyweight champs. Because also when I was in college, I did train with Daniel Cormier at the OTC. So, um being the fact that I've worked with some of the most dangerous people on the planet, you know, that's where I'm like, look, if you don't put me on blood sport, that's not my fault. That's on you guys. And I have no problem saying that it's not being cocky or arrogant. That's just, that's a fact. So well, that's a resume. Not many people can match. Yeah. That. Yeah, exactly. So, and then what's cool is they, what's cool is um those guys hit me up to train with them. And I was like, absolutely. I'd love to. So, and that was a fun experience as well. Do you do that often? Do you get into doing some wrestling? Uh, well, basically, what? Wrestling advising for UFC guys? 
I I love it. And what was cool is when I um when I went to the slam the school, I just was in there and they have a couple MMA guys in there. One MMA guy stopped. He goes, "Hey, you're that guy that worked out with so and so, and I saw you train with this guy and that guy." I'm like, "Yeah, that was me." He's like, "Man, I would love the opportunity for you to help work with me on my wrestling." I said, "Hey, man." Soon enough, you know, maybe in November-ish, you know, when season starts kicking up, you come in the room. I'd love to give you a few pointers. So, it to me, it's it, it's fun because, like, I am a teacher. Um, I'm a coach. And the opportunity to kind of give knowledge and break things down in a way that I like to do it. And seeing that, you know, seeing the fruits of my labor mm-hmm. come to fruition it, it's rewarding for me because like it, it gives me that satisfaction of oh what I say carries over, that that means a lot to me and you know I've coached for a long time right when I you know right when I was done with developmental WWE first thing I did was I went and started coaching high school wrestling and I started coaching high school wrestling in the state of California at my old high school and I think I had four of the five years of me coaching actually no. Out of the five years of me coaching, I had uh, I had someone placed in the state of California every one of those years at in in the upper weights from two twenty to heavyweight. I had I had someone placed in the state every year, which is really hard to do in California. Yeah. Because in California results. yeah, in California we only have one um, one state tournament. So having a guy who was top, you know, top eight in the state place every year I was coaching, you know, that means a lot to me. So they kind of gave me a cool little incentive to coach at a slam kind of along the same lines. So, um, you know, hopefully I can get some big guys on the podium here in the state of Nevada. Should we'll see. Should. Yeah. You got a, a great person to listen to. Do, do you think there's a market maybe in a charter pro wrestling or some other groups to do more of that style of pro matches and WWE just did fight pit, which is similar idea, basically just getting rid of the ropes and taking away some of the high flying moves to make it more map based. Do do you think think there's market for that? Not, I think for dark arts, we're going to maybe do something like that. We're, we, um, there's this jujitsu company that we're talking to that has a cage where we might do something similar but at the end of the day, you know, there is, um, there is, was that there's Tom Lawler has his, um, his deal with FSW. I forget what it's called. Um, where it's similar to blood sport. Similar idea. I do, yeah. Yeah. I did, I did a match with Calder McCall. Um, so, you know, for right now with charter pro wrestling, I think my goal is we're going to cater towards, more of the the kid age group and you know that's obviously going to be from you know i think five to 18 sure so we're going to give them pro wrestling until eventually we'll see what happens right right now i can't really say what's going to happen because i haven't even had my show yet maybe i'll have a better answer for that after the first few shows and if uh... if it happens cool if not i kind of want to just do traditional pro wrestling no, that's fair. And what's the plan? I know we got the one show coming up on 11, 11, 22, which you have to like the symmetry of that. Are you looking to do a show monthly, quarterly? Just take it as it goes. I Right now, I my whole mindset with not just pro wrestling, but in life is you have to take everything day by day. If the show does well, there's always a possibility to have one. I wouldn't say monthly, probably quarterly. Okay. And if I can build a good little network and relationship with some other schools, you know, there is a possibility of doing it monthly. But right now, I think the main focus is I'm not going to put the cart in front of the horse. Let's just see how this first show does. If Charter Pro does well and the show goes off with a bang, great. You know, let's let's sit on that show and, and enjoy for what it is. If it doesn't go so well, you know, you kind of have to go back to the drawing board and kind of take some time to to fix the mistakes you make and adjust things to make things a little bit more successful. Uh, you know, this show is a fundraiser for the wrestling team. So I like to keep the concept of it being a fundraiser. You can't, mm-hmm. 
continuously fundraise for the same sport every single month, it's just not feasible. Sure. It's not likely. So the main thing is you have to un- see, you have to see how this first show goes. And then you have to make sure that and it's your product. And if your product is good, you have that chance to present that said product to, let's say, another charter school. Say, sure. we, this is what we can do. If they're interested, great. Not so much. You just kind of have to move on and pass your uh, pass your message onto a school that might be interested. And the thing is, we're not. I'm not. It, it doesn't have to be wrestling. It could be any sport. Any sport that that school may want to fundraise for. I I the reason why I'm doing uh, high school wrestling is because that's what I'm coaching. That's you know that's sure, it's in right my, there. That's, that's that's under my umbrella. So we'll see how this first show does. If it's great, we'll 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 see what we'll do from there. And that's kind of that's my main focus, just one show at a time. Is promoting a wrestling organization something you've wanted to try for a long time? I um I'm I my dad was really great at um networking and talking and same with my sister. She's she's really good at that type of thing too. So I think I hopefully have a, a natural ability at it. At it, I am a people person. I get along with a lot of people. Um, so it, for me, it's just, it, it's not something that I've always wanted to do. It's something that I kind of fell into. And especially with dark arts, mm-hmm. um, me and Super Beast, we, we collab together on putting these shows together. So I, I have some experience. I did a show once in my hometown in Vacaville, California. Um, we did it at this theater called the DeVille. I think we first show we did there and it was luckily it was in my hometown. I think we had 400, 460 people that attended the show the first time. Nothing wrong with that. And that, yeah, that was really good. It was a really good turnout, especially in the theater. Wasn't, it wasn't the biggest theater, but we were able to fit more people in that thing that I think they ever did. And the concession did so well that they, and it was the thing is the show, um, it was family friendly, but they had a, they had a bar and they had a food and they ran out of beer and alcohol and they ran out of food, uh, right after intermission. That's so a good return. It, it was, yeah, especially for those guys. Mm-hmm. So, and the reason why we didn't do another show is because COVID happened. Oh, sure. And so we Shut. never had the chance. And and they and the the manager that ran the the building was like, "We got to do a show every month. This we've never had this happen before." And that time I was like, "No, we would do it quarterly. We're not going to like oversaturate this little area, you know. You can't you can't do that. You can't just keep running the same show over and over and over again sure, every you month need because to bring in different people, people. Yeah, you, you have to bring in different people and also people eventually will lose interest. So you have to keep the interest going. You have to keep people wanting to come back. And that, and that does come down to promoting storytelling. What are things you can do to make people want to keep coming back to the shows? If you just had the same guys and gals wrestling each other again and again, you know, people just kind of get bored of it. Which helps. I think something that, that ties back into that Las Vegas market, you have so many different, moving pieces you can get some variants and you can actually tell some stories because you got such a you know plethora of people to pull from you're not just having the same 10 people go over and over and over again yeah that's you know it's something that i think people kind of need to acknowledge is that you can't look you you should have your players in your promotion but your your guys should work and wrestle other people that don't necessarily work at your company that often that way you keep matches interesting. Like you said, styles make matches. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my thought process. And like right now, uh, I'm not going to make any match announcements at the moment for charter pro, but I, I will say there'll be some stuff that people haven't seen. There's some guys that may request on wanting to work certain people that they've never had the chance to work. And there's a couple of tag teams that are wrestling that have never squared off. And there's two girl wrestlers that are going to be in the match that not a lot of people have ever seen. So good. You know? Yeah. So this, this show for me, it's more or less about it being new. Uh, and I, 
it's just going to be more of a family friendly show. It's, you know, it's not, we're not going to do anything explicit. We're not going to do anything hardcore. We're just going to have just straight pro wrestling from the beginning to end. No, that's great. And we'll have more coverage on it too. On LasVegasWrestlingScene.com, you'll be able to track that as it gets closer. And, of course, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, Las Vegas Wrestling Scene, on YouTube and catch this interview and then also other nuggets about the show as it comes up. We'll be sure to get that out there. Hey, just kind of winding down here, I did see you you had mentioned uh, your dad. Your dad was a collegiate wrestler as well, and I heard he actually is one of the few wrestlers that can say he pinned Dr. Death back in college. Yeah, yeah he um, he wrestled Dr. Death twice in the same day of this tournament. Um, he beat him like round one, and then my dad ended up losing the semis, and then he wrestled uh, Dr. Death again and uh, for third and fourth and pinned him again. So, That's a pretty neat story. Yeah, he and the thing is my dad... He wrestled Dr. Death. Uh, he was training for the 1984 Olympics. And one of his training partners was Gary Albright, who was a big deal in Japan. And then my dad had some scraps with like Dan Severin. So, you know, he, he has a huge, you know, he, he's wrestled some pretty legendary names of the business yeah. in real wrestling and in, in collegiate wrestling. So, and freestyle wrestling. Um, so, Oh, and, and Greco-Roman. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's funny because it's like a lot of people, you know, they have that legacy thing. And I'm like, look, I'm not necessarily a legacy, but my dad did wrestle some legendary guys. Second generation in a way. Yeah, in a way, in a weird, in, a, in some kind of way you could kind of say that. So. Well, hey, kind of, kind of winding down here. Want to get into the. Las Vegas wrestling scene championship round. Got our championship belt here for this week's champion, Cal Jack. Awesome. Favorite wrestler of all time. Favorite wrestler of all time. Um, I'm going to have to say that's a good question because for me, it, it changes all the time. It has to be someone I could watch over and over again and pick up something new from them. Uh, I got to kind of think about that. I mean, I think I'll study somebody based off their selling, based off their moves, based off of stories. But I mean, like, I think as far as I have to, that's, I'm trying to, I'm stalling a little bit. It just could be a couple people. Of yeah. Maybe somebody, I mean, for, I, somebody for interview style, somebody for in-ring style. I mean, a couple answers. Okay. I, I think I like, obviously, I like Kurt Angle because, you know, I met Kurt Angle at a wrestling camp when I was nine years old before he was even in WWE. It was just like a couple years removed after he won the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, um, I could say Kurt Angle. I think, you know, as a kid, it was Macho Man, easily Macho Man. And I think as I get older, the guy who I kind of watch the most just based off of like ring presence and just how he carries himself is, you know, I'd say like Randy Orton. So I'm going to say those are my three. It's going to be macho man, Randy Savage, Kurt Angle, and uh, Randy Orton. Good answers. What about your dream opponent? Somebody that you'd like to get into the ring with, you know, I think, um, I think the the thing is, anybody who I wrestle, I like having those moments where people are like, God, Cal is strong. Cal is really strong. Cal can pick up that guy and slam him. That guy's big. Uh, so it, realistically, it's, you know, I don't really have any dream opponent. I'm, there's not really anybody who I'm just like, I want to wrestle because I can wrestle anybody. Um. I mean, I'll, I'll say like what I kind of, whenever I go to the gym, I'll try to visualize and like what keeps me motivated yeah. is I'll think, I'll think of an opponent that I'm like, man, I, if I wrestle that guy, I would have a lot of fun throwing him around or having just a great match. I think like, like I think like Roman Reigns would be a cool example. I, and I've trained with him. I've done tons of stuff with him when I was in developmental, 
Braun Strowman would be a fun guy to hit on a gut wrench. Sure. And just have that moment. Uh, you know, I, I if I was to go to New Japan, there's plenty of guys over there I would love to wrestle. Like Ring of Honor, same thing. Impact, sure. But you know, mainly let's. I'm gonna aim. I'm gonna aim up high. I'll, also, you know, I'm friends with them. Um, I've trained with them a few times. He's a good dude. I, I'd love to wrestle John Moxley. Okay, that'd be yeah. a, that'd be a fun. That would be definitely a dream opponent. And we, and him and I actually talked about if we were to do a blood sport match. So, you know, that would be that'd be a really cool dream opponent. That would be neat. Uh, Got to get that as a main event at a. I guess an age-limited charter wrestling uh, event. I don't know if that'll happen. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't live in Vegas anymore. So. No, moved to Cincy. Um, yeah, so who knows? What's your favorite type of match? Do you have like, I, um, a, a stipulation match? I I think for me, it's I really just like straight regular one fall pro wrestling match. I'm not I'm not a fan of you know everyone. It's teach his own, but I'm not a uh, deathmatch style wrestler. I'm not necessarily into that. So uh, I just like a classic, hey, give me 10 to 12 and, you know, let me go out there and work and just have a regular pro wrestling match. That's that's my favorite kind of pro wrestling match. And the guy, you know, it, it can literally be anyone. It, it doesn't it doesn't really matter as long as you know, they can hang with me and I can hang with them. That it, it, it realistically doesn't matter. Okay, great. And last question, what's the next goal? It sounds like the next goal is the days that add up and it all comes together, 11, 11, 22, just to it make that show up. a big deal. It all adds up. Yeah. Charter Pro Wrestling. That, that right now is my main focus. The ultimate goal, and I think... This is where guys and girls, I think this is where they need to think about what is your ultimate goal. Realistically, my ultimate goal is just to always keep improving in pro wrestling. And the moment you stop improving is the moment where, you know, maybe you might have to take your oars out of the water and stop and stop paddling. Um, and I, it's funny because I had a match uh recently in in washington and i hit i i did some i did a few things i haven't done before and i'm gonna hit 10 years january 26th i'll officially hit 10 years in pro wrestling and there's still stuff that i've yet to do and attempt and you know and that to me is actually really cool i think guys when they find their second stride or they they catch their second breath in the business it kind of revamps them and I'm still learning. I'm still trying new things. I'm still getting better at pro wrestling. I'm a, it's funny. I'm, I'm older now, not older, but you know, I'm, I'm not where yeah. I was in my twenties, but I can, I hit, I can hit more athletic stuff now where I am age wise than I could when I was just out of college. That to me is really cool. I like the fact that, um, I'm a lot more athletic in the ring than I was, you know, you know, eight or eight or seven years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimate goal, really just keep improving. That's it. And it, whether I get, whether I get called up to go to a big company or not, it, it really doesn't matter because, you know, you don't, you don't make in the business by getting signed with a big company. You make in the business where you're happy at what you're doing and it can pay the bills. That's when you know you've made it. As long as it pays the bills, you're good to go. That's what a pro wrestler is. Well, and you're making a positive impact and, I mean, literally teaching multiple next generations at the high school and also at dark arts. So that's really neat. And then, you know, I've heard a lot of veteran trainers say that it takes about 10 years to really be finished. So maybe it's just a matter of being comfortable in your own skin, comfortable in the ring and ready to go. Cal, thanks a lot for joining us. Looking forward to seeing Charter Pro Wrestling, 11-11-22. It all comes together. It all yeah, adds up. It deal. all adds it up. All adds up. I got it all adds up. Yeah, Let's do it, it one it, more time. We'll just rewind that and fix it in post. 11-11-22, yeah. Charter Pro Wrestling. It all adds up. Great. Well, hey, thanks again. 
glad you're able to step into the ring and follow us on and subscribe to YouTube, Las Vegas Wrestling Scene Confidential, for interviews like this with Cal Jax. Thanks again, Cal. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Bye.